Are you an adult with dyslexia? Are you longing for more in your life than the constant relentless push and pull on your emotions that dyslexia brings? What about those physical demands that require you to constantly shift gears, to rethink? Can I do this? Well, your host Hope Bill understands. Diagnosed as an adult, she often believed she wasn't good enough. Fear and shame were her constant companion. Until she met Christ, then everything changed. This podcast is devoted to encouraging and inspiring adults with dyslexia to make more room in their life for Christ. You will hear biblical truths that will uplift and challenge you to find a place for dyslexia in your life and to let Christ take center stage of your life. I've been thinking a great deal about adversity lately, maybe because of some things I'm personally going through, some things I did not see coming. At first, my emotions were all over the place. Then I stopped and said, Lord, because you have allowed this, you have a purpose. Right now, all I have is words to offer you. So please make sure you get the glory. The word adversity means difficulty, trials, or misfortune, hardship, even a series of events. James 1, 2, and 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or trial, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The Apostle Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 and 17, For which cause ye faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What is the purpose of adversity? What is God determined to accomplish through trials, disappointments, and adversity? One thing, to restore his image in us. Paul says in Romans eight thirty-one and 32, What shall we then say of these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for all of us, How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? From adversity, trials, affliction, hardship, poverty, loneliness, and loss of a job, marriage, etc., etc., who can be against us if God is for us? And don't forget, God did not spare Jesus from adversity, from hardship, from trials. So how does God use adversity? I'm going to read a couple of quotes to you by Ellen White. If you are currently going through a heavy trial, you may not find these words very comforting. In a book called Testimonies to the Church, Volume 3, pages 115, she says, Affliction, crosses, temptations, adversity, and our very trials are God's workmen to refine us, to sanctify us, and to fit us for the heavenly gardener. She goes on to say, uh, the volume 5 of that same book, page 314, she says, The power of the truth should be sufficient to sustain and console us in every adversity. It is in enabling its 
possessor to triumph over affliction that the religion of Christ reveals its true value. I want to tell you a story. I don't know if you remember a movie called Chariots of Fire. The lead character participated in the 1924 Paris Olympics. His name was Eric Little, born to Scottish missionaries in China. He had run, completed, beaded many odds, and during a press conference, he made the following statement. So where does the power come from to see the race to the end? I want you to do more than watch a race. I want you to take part in it. I want to compare faith with running in a race. It is hard. It requires concentration, will, and energy of the soul. You experience exhilaration and adrenaline rush when the winner breaks the tape. But how long does that last? You go home. Maybe your dinner is burnt. Perhaps you don't even have a job. So who am I to say have faith in the face of life's harsh realities? I would like to give you something more permanent. I can only point the way. I have no formula for winning a race. Everyone runs in their own way. So where does the power come from to see the race to its end, from within? Jesus said, Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. If with all your heart you truly seek me, you shall forever truly find me. If you commit yourself to the love of Christ, then that is how you run a straight race. Eric Little won two gold medals in track and field. After the Olympics, he went back to China, the place of his birth, and became a missionary, as his parents had done. Several years after returning to China, Japan attacked China. His parents, wife, and children left and went to Canada, but he decided to stay to help run a missionary for the poor. He ended up being sent to an internment camp during the war be between Japan and China. He spent his time in the camp teaching children. He became ravished by malnourishment and illness. And it was later found that he had a brain tumor, but he knew nothing of this. Despite this, when Winston Churchill managed to secure his freedom in a prison exchange. He declined and instead offered his place to a pregnant woman who was also in the camp, saving not only her life, but the life of her unborn child. Besides his declining health, this must have been a particular difficult decision given that he had a wife and three children he had seen in well over a year. Sadly to report, on the 21st of February, 1945, just a few months shy before the camp was liberated, he died. He was in his early 40s. In 1 Corinthians 9, Paul tells us that we are to run this race, this Christian race, no matter the adversity, in such a way that we will win an incorruptible crown. My second story. The prodigal son's story is more than a story of someone lost and found, but a story about adversity and how life circumstances can change your life. You will find this story in Luke 15, starting with verse 11. I won't read it. I'm going to give you the opportunity to go read the story for yourself, but I'm just going to point out a few highlights. 
He asked his father to divide his wealth with him, and he did. Once he got his wealth, he left home. The scripture says that he wasted his money, his substance. During a famine, he had no means to take care of himself, and he took a job feeding swine. At his lowest point, verse 17 says, And when he came to himself. This is a statement that causes us to pause and really give it some thought. The deceptive power that Satan had exercised over the prodigal son was broken. This is what is meant that he came to himself. He was no longer under the influence of the enemy. The power that the enemy had over him was broken. And in verse 18 he says, I will rise and go to my father. As miserable as he was, the prodigal found hope in the conviction of his father's love. It was that love that brought him home. You can't and you won't rise up and go to your father if you are still believing Satan's lies about God and yourself. If the prodigal son was here tonight and was given the opportunity to tell you what he learned from adversity, what he learned from his mistakes, what he learned from the trials and the hardships that ensued, he will say the following. Adversity got my attention. Through adversity, I saw my weakness of character. Adversity helped me focus my prayer life, and it deepened my repentance. Adversity strengthened my resolve to allow grace to have its perfect work in the gospel experience. It strengthened my resolve to be accountable. I grew up. I'm not the same person I was when I left my father's home. Through adversity, I saw glimpses of Christ's holiness, his love, and compassion. Adversity removed my complacency. Adversity made me take a hard look at the truth about myself and God's word. It rearranged all my priorities, and it deepened my praise. Adversity, hardship, and disappointments, trials come to us all. But in Hebrews 12, 1, 2, and 3, Paul reminds us, he says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. Ellen White says that God sent his son on an expensive errand to redeem us, that he came in search of the cross. He came looking for you and me. Some of us right now are going through a real fiery trial. We can't fix it. We can't make it go away. We can't pretend that it does not exist. We have and continue to cry out to God, If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. But what have we learned? What is God teaching us? This trial, like no other, has gotten our attention. This trial has revealed, like no other, the weakness in our character. This trial has caused us to pray more intentionally and more focused 
our prayer life has changed because of this trial. This trial has deepened our repentance. This trial has strengthened our resolve to allow grace to have its perfect work in our gospel experience. It has rearranged all of our priorities. We have grown up because of this trial. We are not the same person we were before this trial began. We have seen glimpses of Christ's holiness, His love and compassion in ways we have never seen it before because of this trial. We are no longer complacent about our relationship with Christ. The truth in God's word has become more precious to us because of this trial. And our praise has deepened because of this trial. And until this trial has completed its part in refining our character, it's not going away. We may have some days of reprieve, but because God is not finished testing our resolve to know him, this trial will continue because it is designed to do just that. What have I learned in this trial? That God is faithful even if the conclusion is not what I prayed for. God is faithful even if things turn out so much more differently than I have prayed for. Why? Because God is faithful because he is God. First Peter 1 Peter 1.7 says, that the trying of our faith being much more precious than gold, that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. I want to end by saying to those of you who are listening today, whether you're going through a trial, or maybe you know someone that's going through a trial, I want to leave you with some encouraging words. I know things are hard. I know the tears you have shed. I know this earth existence doesn't feel good right now. But there is a God who is near to the brokenhearted. He has not forgotten. He has heard your prayers and he will answer your prayers in a way that is best. Find comfort in knowing he hurts too because it was never his plan that you should suffer. He bids us hold on to take him by his hand and trust him. He loves you. He adores you. You're always on his mind. And he bids us to take his courage and live. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Making Room for More. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging and inspiring adults with dyslexia to making more room for Christ in their life today.